on. Well, from uh, rotary technology, from old technology to something all oh, very new, we're talking the business side, or we talked about the business side of Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter in the last half hour. Now let's look what it means for the platform itself. How could it change? Musk is already making his plans known on Twitter, of course, and he's made his feelings about what he doesn't like about Twitter pretty clear for ages now. In what else but a tweet right after the announcement that Elon Musk will buy the platform for $44 billion, Musk tweeted that free speech is a bedrock of democracy. He says he wants to open it up, make the algorithms open source, defeat spam bots, and he wants all humans to be authenticated on Twitter. He says Twitter has tremendous potential and that he looks forward to working with the company to unlock it. That was Mike Hempen uh, reporting there. Well, with more on this, technology analyst and journalist Carmi Levy joins me now. Uh, Carmi, thanks so much for your time tonight. This is a big day. A huge day in history. I think uh, we all knew that it was coming. I mean, for the last month, we were sort of marching slowly toward it. Uh, you know, two steps forward, one step back. But I think once the board decided that, oh, he has the money now, so we're going to switch from fighting him to negotiating with him, I think we knew it was pretty close to a done deal. And here we are, no longer, Here or soon are. to be, no longer a publicly traded company. It all happened, it all felt like it happened very quickly. We did interview someone a few weeks ago who said, it's a done deal. The money's too good. There's no one else out there who's going to offer as much, and he's going to get the money together. It's going to happen. The question was, why? Why would he want to buy Twitter? Um, <laughs> but from a platform, I mean, I, he uses it. I mean, he, the old saying, he liked it so much he bought the company, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, he's, he's the world's richest man. He's worth, depending on the day, between 260 and $270 billion. And so, you know, he and he likes a big megaphone. He's got 83 million followers on Twitter. Uh, we know full well that he loves his Twitter account. He uses it for pretty much everything. It gives him control over the message. A few years ago, he famously shuttered the media relations department of Tesla because he wanted to control how that message got out. He felt that that wasn't the way to do it. And so... You know, basically, he, he wants to own that megaphone. He doesn't want to be subject to anyone else's rules. He's been very publicly fighting with Twitter's leadership for a number of years over how they run the company. He feels that they've been too tight on restrictions, that uh, you know they, they are hindering freedom of speech. And he wanted to loosen those shackles. And I guess he probably reached a point where he figured, well, if I can't Im impose or encourage change from the outside, then guess what? I'm going to have to crack open my wallet and do it from the inside. And that is pretty much where he's ended up. He's gotten what he wants. The, you know, the big rich boy reached into his pockets, owns the megaphone now. Uh, and basically it is now or soon will be his playground to do as he wishes with. Now, depending on who you follow on Twitter, some people equated that with the apocalypse today and other people <laughs> thought it was a pretty cool idea. Uh, where do you see things changing and how fast and what kind of impact do you think he'll have on what we know the, the platform to be these days? Well, where we're at right now is Twitter is still a publicly traded company. It'll take a while for this process to play out. Right now, the board has agreed to be acquired by uh, Mr. Musk. They've agreed to the financial terms. Uh, and so essentially what happens now is it, it, it goes to shareholder approval. It goes to regulatory approval. They have to make sure that it doesn't violate uh, any anti-competition laws, antitrust, all that stuff. 
Uh, it, it has to be voted on by the shareholders. There's a shareholder meeting coming up at the end of May. Um, and you know, no one really is putting a date on it. They're saying that they expect the deal to close sometime in 2022, at which point then Mr. Musk would essentially be able to control his now privately held company, no longer subject to uh, the, the rules and regulations that all publicly traded companies have to adhere to. And once he does, he's made it pretty clear that you know he wants to open source the algorithm. He wants to remove a lot of the restrictions on, or you know, let's call it moderation, um, on the platform that prevents people from saying or doing or gets their tweets uh, banned or their accounts suspended or, or them expelled from the platform if they, if they behave a certain way. He wants it to be anything goes. And depending on what side of that spectrum you happen to be on, if you know, you were in, you know, involved in Twitter in the early days, you remember when there were no restrictions. And it was known as a pretty toxic, tough place. Millions of people left the platform. Millions more never signed up in the first place because it was rife with abuse. Combined open architecture where nobody needs permission to connect with anyone else with no rules, no consequences. Uh, and it is the perfect uh, environment for cyberbullying, stalking, disinformation spreading. And uh, unfortunately, if you're sort of on that side of the equation, uh, under Mr. Musk, that seems to be where we may be headed. I mean, that certainly raises questions because we we, are, we understand a lot more now just about about the about the impact of the toxicity of certain social media platforms. Um, is, is this somebody you think he's going to pursue? Is, it, there's been a lot of speculation about how he's going to pursue it because of how much he's talked about it personally. But now that he owns the company, you'd think that maybe now he spent $44 billion to buy it, that it might be in his best interest not to let it turn into a cesspool, right? I mean, yeah, it, it, is, it, it is his, right? Absolutely. It's a very different situation when you're on the outside screaming in versus when you're on the inside and you realize that, oh, you know, maybe I do have to behave like an adult. And I think that's probably what we're going to see. We're going to see a lot of what he had called for from the outside somewhat tamped down as the realities of owning a business like, like Twitter uh, dawn on him. And so I think we probably will see some loosening of the shackles. I, I, I suspect open sourcing the algorithm would be an interesting thing to see because then you won't have malevolent actors trying to game the system. In fact, with the and, and there have been calls for all social media platforms to be, to be a little bit more forthcoming with that. So that may be something worth looking at. Um, also, you know, loosening some of the restrictions or at least making the imposition of those rules more consistent because in some cases people post something that is not objectionable, yet the algorithm decides that they've crossed a line and suddenly they're banned, whereas someone else post-white supremacist-based content, and for whatever reason, it stays. And so there has to be better enforcement. Uh, and I think if it's more fair, more balanced, maybe that also is worth trying. But I think you're right. He will realize that he can't do everything that he said in the tweets that he has sent over the last six months, because even though he said it's not about the money, it's about making sure that Twitter lives up to his, its potential, he didn't get to be a billionaire by by ignoring business reality. And I think he is going to want to make sure or at least behave in a way that ensures that Twitter remains a going concern, a profitable growing business going forward. I was going to say, do you think that, that he has, given his track record, do you think he has what it takes to make, to bring Twitter forward? Because it feels like Twitter's stalled a bit. Obviously, it's used by certain people for certain things. It's a very good forum if you're a journalist, because there's a lot of journalists talking to each other, politicians, experts, so on. Uh, but it feels like it's stalled a bit. Do you think Elon Musk will be able to, to bring it up a notch? 
I've learned never to vote against uh, Elon Musk because just when you think that his back is against the wall, he figures out a way to pull something out of the fire. I mean, think back to the origin story of SpaceX. They were literally running on fumes down to their last, you know, you know sort of, you know, puddle of money sitting in a bank account. And it was a, you know, fourth launch of the Falcon 1. If it didn't succeed, they were done. They were toast and they were going to shut, you know, shut shop and, and then Somehow this thing succeeded. And of course, look where they are now, world's most successful private space launch company. Um, same thing with Tesla. That company has been written off for dead more times than I care to amount. But look at its stock price now. It's literally revolutionizing the electric vehicle industry and pushing the rest of the industry in a direction they didn't want to go until Elon Musk came along. So, you know, I don't vote against him. I think certainly the potential is there. I think he's probably going to find that running a social media company is very different than making EVs or building batteries or launching rockets. And so I think it's going to be a bit of a steeper hill for him to climb this time. I think he he may be in a bit over his head, but also he's kind of like the closest we have to the modern day version of a renaissance man. So if anyone can figure it out or at least surround himself with people who can point him in the right direction, he's done a very good job of that at SpaceX and Tesla. I would expect him to do the same thing at Twitter, uh, and I would expect to see major changes in leadership over the, the first few months of ownership to ensure that he's got the right team around him who can you know, soften his, his most crazy excesses uh, and allow him to capture some of his better ideas in a productive, constructive way. I've always thought an edit button Twitter would be a good idea. So maybe we'll finally get to see one. Uh, speaking I of uphill battles, I think we are. Speaking of uphill battles, Carmi, I want to ask you about, I know you follow Netflix very closely. There's been a lot of talk about Netflix. I was away out of the country last week and I was reading about Netflix uh, abroad as well. Uh, we'll talk about that after this. A tough week for Netflix and what they have in mind to try to turn things around. Some interesting ideas. We'll be back with that. There we go. A little technical issue there. Now I'm on my phone talking to you, Carly. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> uh, yeah, it makes me time for the days of those old phones. I miss that exactly, modern telecom exactly. rotary. <laughs> yeah, tell me about. Um, I, I was. I think. What did I, I? I didn't miss the busy signals. I certainly didn't miss uh, having to fight over the phone. That was the other big one back <laughs> in the day. Yeah, one line, three kids in my house. It was uh, not a happy time. Also, grew up in Montreal, so we probably have lots to talk right. about. But. Uh, I remember that well. Remember, like the busy signal. I remember hearing a busy signal just uh, you know a, a few weeks ago, and just thinking that sounds so odd. I haven't heard one in years. Like little pieces of our technological history kind of get left behind, and we don't even realize that we've lost them until years later when we sort of we come back in contact with them. I also take pictures of of, uh, of payphones when I see them out in public because I figure oh, nice. this could be my last chance. <laughs> Yeah, I was saying there's one right down the street from me here in Victoria that uh, that, that people take pictures of. I don't, I've never seen anyone use it as a phone, but people take pictures of it a lot. <laughs> I um, love it. Uh, there you go. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you do the same thing. It's good to keep a memory of that stuff. I, I was going to ask you about Netflix because obviously some stuff going on there. They had a bad report last week, um, and now they're looking at some some sort of. They are looking at ways, I guess, to try to to up the bottom line, and including sort of ads and cracking down on sharing passwords uh, some interesting stuff that will any of it work yeah you can get away with a lot as long as you're still growing investors don't really care as long as the business is growing by you know double digit percentages every quarter they'll overlook a lot of the the things that you don't clean up in the background because well growth growth fixes everything it fills in the cracks raises the tide uh but what's happening now is is netflix 
we kind of suspected that eventually the party would end. It always does. There are only so many people in the world who, who will subscribe to these services. And at some point, you're going to run out of new people to subscribe to. And that's kind of where Netflix is now. The market is maturing. They had their quarterly uh, earnings results call, and they announced that they had lost 200,000 subscribers, which doesn't sound like a lot because 220 million people still subscribe to the service. So it feels like a drop in the bucket. But you know, it shows that the company is no longer growing. And then they freaked everyone out even more by saying, well, you think think 200,000 is bad? Wait, next quarter, in the next three months, we're going to lose 2 million more, and we're not going to say anything about what happens after that. So, of course, investors sold off the shares, lost a third of its value. It lost two-thirds in the last six months. Uh, and, and the company now has to get serious about you know, cleaning up is, for example, a lot of people share passwords of those 220 million people. They say 100 million households are sharing passwords. So rather than just allowing it to happen, they're going to start charging in certain countries in South America as a pilot program. But you know full well that that's coming here soon. And that free ride is over. They're jacking up rates. If, if there aren't more of, of us, we're going to pay more. Uh, and, uh, and, and at some point, that sort of free experience, Netflix, which was kind of a cheap way to get access to lots of really cool content, those days are rapidly drawn to a close. And the Netflix that we knew for the last decade or so, not necessarily going to be the same company going forward, and it's going to cost us a little bit more. And, and I suppose there is this idea that, like Spotify, that there will be a, a version of it available with ads that might be a bit less expensive. Yeah, they've announced that like they're not going to force it on us. Basically, what they'll do is they'll add another tier. In other words, when you look at all the subscription options, there will be a premium one, which is no ads, and that's probably the most expensive choice. And then below that, there will be an ad-supported version that might be a few bucks a month cheaper. So if you're willing to put up with ads, then you'll save a few bucks a month. Of course, the devil is in the details. How will they deliver those ads? Will it be annoying? Will it be a constant thing? Or will it just be kind of seamless? We don't really know that yet. They've just said that they're investigating a tier. But the good news here, at least for now, is it's going to be our choice to decide what, you know, how much we want to spend for the privilege of going ad-free. But I think the rest of the industry, Netflix is doing this now, but look at Spotify, look at uh, HBO Max, look at all the other subscription-based services and I think at some point, they're all going to have to reach that same point. We're going to have to decide sort of where we want to fall on that continuum, because, uh, you know, if you want this industry to be sustainable, uh, there's going to have to be a balance. And they just can't make all of their money from subscription revenue. Ads are going to have to play a role in that, too. Carmi, that'd be always interesting to speak to you about these things. And, uh, yeah, you'll have to share some of those payphone photos with us uh, as we talk about this stuff on National Phone Day. Thanks so much for your Absolutely time. Absolutely will. Thanks so much, Ben. Really appreciate it.